Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. The podcasting team are once more scattered here and there. Thanks to the magic of the internet, a few of them have reported in with a segment they want to share with you. I'm not sure what is in the air but what they have chosen to share has a pretty philosophical ring about it. I guess it is some kind of deep thinker element blowing around. Oh well. You and I can handle that deep thinker stuff if they don't overdo it. I'm ready to give it a try if you are. Here we go. If you are like most everyone else, you don't think much about civilization. You may know that Arnold Toynbee said, Civilization is a movement and not a condition, a voyage and not a harbor. Understanding civilization and society as equivalent concepts, society is a made-up formula of what we are supposed to be, kept alive by those who believe in it, according to Christina Girogiannis. It may not be quite as malignant as B.F. Skinner suggested, society attacks early, when the individual is helpless, or as detestable as Edgar Salt has suggested, the progress of civilization corresponds with the spread of general nausea, nonetheless, H.G. Wells had a point, human history becomes more and more a race between education and catastrophe. Alan J. Lerner wrote, they civilize what's pretty, by putting up a city, where nothing that's pretty can grow. They civilize left, they civilize right, till nothing is left, till nothing is right. And Alfred Tennyson wrote, I stood on the tower in the wet, a new year and old year met, and winds were roaring and blowing, and I said, O oh years, that meet in tears, have ye aught that is worth the knowing? Science enough and exploring, wanderers coming and going, matter enough for deploring, but aught that is worth the knowing. Let this observation from Richard Bach suffice for today, evolution made civilization steward of this planet. A hundred thousand years later, the steward stood before evolution not helper but destroyer, not healer but parasite. So evolution withdrew its gift, passed civilization by, rescued the planet from intelligence and handed it to love. No less a philosopher than John Stuart Mill said, we can never be sure that the opinion we are endeavoring to stifle is a false opinion. And if we were sure, stifling it would be an evil still. The peculiar evil of silencing the expression of an opinion is, that it is robbing the human race, posterity as well as the existing generation. Those who dissent from the opinion, still more than those who hold it. If the opinion is right, they are deprived of the opportunity of exchanging error for truth, if wrong, they lose, what is almost as great a benefit, the clearer perception and livelier impression of truth, produced by its collision with error. If all mankind minus one were of one opinion, mankind would be no more justified in silencing that one person than he, if he had the power, would be justified in silencing mankind. You likely agree John Stuart Mill is a complex thinker. He is definitely not one who endeavors to stifle an opinion, especially his opinion. What might be easily overlooked, though, is each of us is the minus one in his mankind minus one. We are thus obligated to be sure the opinion we are endeavoring to stifle isn't ours. You have it on the authority of John Stuart Mill stifling your opinion is an evil still. So the next time you're tempted to keep your opinion to yourself, 
are tempted to be self-censoring, consider standing up, speaking up, and sharing your clearer perception and livelier impression of truth. It's your civic duty. President Eisenhower said, Neither a wise man nor a brave man lies down on the tracks of history to wait for the train of the future to run over him. Proactively boarding the train isn't just a good idea, it's the only ride from the past. As Confusses counseled, they must often change, who would be constant in happiness or wisdom. The advice was in turn, expanded by St. Augustine, if you would attain to what you are not yet, you must always be displeased by what you are. For where you are pleased with yourself there you have remained. Keep adding, keep walking, keep advancing. You may bemoan the ever-changing uncertainty of life. But as Bertolt Brecht pointed out, because things are the way they are, things will not stay the way they are. Over 400 years ago, Francis Bacon observed, he that will not apply new remedies must expect new evils. For time is the greatest innovator. He also noted, things alter for the worse spontaneously, if they be not altered for the better designedly. There is potential good news, though. Change always comes bearing gifts, according to Price Pritchett. Sure, those gifts may be a mixed blessing, but as the famous Anon suggested, if nothing ever changed, there'd be no butterflies, and then added, you can avoid having ulcers by adapting to the situation, if you fall in the mud puddle, check your pockets for fish. If butterflies and fish aren't sufficient incentive, keep in mind that at the bottom line, John Lilly was on target, our only security is our ability to change. Consider this wisdom from Oscar Wilde, it is absurd to divide people into good and bad. People are either charming or tedious. Which are you, charming or tedious? As you ponder the answer, keep in mind Wilde said it's one or the other, there is no in between. If you can benefit from a lesson or so from charm school, Professor Henri Frédéric Amiel taught, charm is the quality in others that makes us more satisfied with ourselves. Are folks more satisfied with themselves when they have an opportunity to spend time with you? If so, you may be charming. Another charm guru, Albert Camus, instructed, charm is a way of getting the answer yes without having asked any clear question. Do people try to please you without your doing anything specific to prompt their behavior? If so, you may be charming. Henry Van Dyke pointed out, there is no personal charm so great as the charm of a cheerful temperament. Are you usually cheerful and positive about people and life? If so, you may be charming. Marissa Crow, author of The Friend Factory and The Yes Bank, also stepped up to the charm school podium. You treat people the way you want to be treated. Are you nice to people when you want something? Sure you are. You're also nice when you don't want anything. You're nice every chance you get. You're also friendly. You speak to people you know and are interested in them. You talk with people and care about how they feel. Here's your special secret. You take your good manners along everywhere you go. Are you nice? Are you friendly? Do you take your good manners along everywhere you go? If so, you may be charming. And if not, you are, as Wilde observed, merely tedious. I guess if we were hoping for some food for thought we certainly aren't going away hungry. That was definitely a full meal. Thanks for taking time to join us. We always appreciate it when you choose to share a few minutes with us. Until next time, take care.
be well, and don't miss any opportunities to make a difference to people who make a difference to you.